one. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Miss Carla M., and I am back with another episode of the Girl Boss Edition. Today, I have my first publicist on the podcast with me, and she's a dope lady from Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, mamas. Hi, Deja. How are Hi, you? how are you? So she's originally from Philly, guys, but she moved to NYC, best location in the world, in my yeah. opinion. Um, Deja, introduce yourself. Tell them about yourself, how you got started, the name mm. of your public, your PR firm. Just yeah, give them what you sure. got. sure. So, hey, everyone. My name is Deja Kumari. You can just call me Deja because I know my name is long. My last name is long. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I love my dad to death, but I don't know what happened with that. But, yes, um, so you said what so my got how I got my start and all that good stuff so, so you could just introduce the name of like oh, okay. your publication your publicity sorry yo I'm used to being on the other end so it's kind of <laughs> weird it's so funny um so the name of my company is Deluxe Media Agency I started it officially I would say in 2013 well no 2000 end of 2012 because that's when I finished grad school um and I always knew that I wanted to do PR so while I was in school I made the transition so let me back up a little bit. So initially, I was a student. I went to Clark Atlanta University. Ooh, ooh, HBCU. My, yeah, that's where I got my uh, BA in TV production and decided that that was not the direction that I wanted to go in. Um, by the time I decided that I wanted to do more so PR, it was too late for me to change my major. And I wasn't staying a semester late later. So I just decided to soak up as much as I can, build my relationships and do internships in PR. Okay. Um, at the time, too, there were a lot of like there was this program called um, Women in PR mm-hmm. well, well, organization. So I was doing a lot of their online classes, just learning about like how to even at the point in time, I don't even think I was ready to really officially start a PR agency. That kind of happened towards like maybe towards my senior year in college, I started toying with that idea just because I kind of fell into it and we can talk about that later too. But um, yeah, so I've had my company for almost six years. Oh no, wait, eight. Oh, Almost eight, yeah. You've been doing it so long seven. you forgot to count. No, seven, <laughs> seven, because 2013. Okay. Yeah, so, and it's 2020 now, so yeah. And um, the type of clients that I service, I'm transitioning. So at first I did more so like entertainment, PR, but now I'm doing more so like beauty, lifestyle, and doing a lot more like nonprofit okay. stuff. And I work with a lot of like entrepreneurs, especially like women of color entrepreneurs. Okay. Mm-hmm. That brings me to my next thought because I was just going to actually ask you like what market did you specialize in and why? Like what made you go to like the women of color side of things? Mm-hmm. Also just like women. I love shouting out women, which yeah. is why you're on this podcast. So that's dope. But what made you go to those sides of things? So when I initially started, um, I leaned towards entertainment because at the time, I was in Atlanta. Um, so to give you context, like some of the internships that I did were heavily focused around entertainment um, PR. Okay. So like one of my internships, like, and this was kind of like an unofficial stuff, but which is why I always stress the importance of relationships. So one of the um, internships that I like de- helped develop or secure for myself was, um, her name was, oh God, Cannon um, Kent, okay. sorry, Cannon Kent. And she worked at the, um, Atlantic Records in Atlanta, and she was the uh, promotional director okay. at the time for the region. So I, I got close to her. She came to one of our events at my school. She was alumni of our school, too. And um, I kind of just started, like, interning with her. So at the time, like, I was helping her do stuff for, like, B.O.B. So just really learning, like, the more, like, promotions, marketing side of things. So, mm-hmm. like, event planning, like, going with the artists to the radio station and making sure that they have the things that they need. Um and then um, I also did another internship in entertainment with another PR firm okay. as well. And 
that's when I, that's kind of like how I got started doing more so entertainment stuff. But then when I initially started my own company, I ended up just playing around with stuff. Like I had a beauty client, I had a client that was a rapper and mm-hmm. I just kind of like dabbled in stuff, which is what I always encourage people to do too. If you don't know, like yeah. what you want to do. So that's kind of how that, that I ended. think it's always important to like play around. Cause like, that's me. I like majored in like journalism and then I majored in business as well. And I played around with things. I didn't right. just jump into something. And you said that like you initially was like interning and figuring things out. Mm-hmm. Did you originally have a nine to five before yes. you just jumped to be an entrepreneur? Yes. No, I wish I was <laughs> one of those uh, kids that, had the option of just being able to like um do a nine to five and not even from a support perspective like my okay. parents have always been supportive of me but more so i think like working a nine to five if you have to is great because you learn certain skills that you need like you'd be surprised like how many entrepreneurs i come across that don't have professionalism and i think that's something that you learn in working a nine to five i've had jobs in that have combined customer service and writing the first job that I had officially like out of college, I was working at a like a digital marketing agency and I was a copywriter, but it was heavily focused on um, working with customers. So I would have to talk to them on the phone about mm-hmm. their websites and then it transitioned into me kind of like being in a phone queue where people would call and say they want to get stuck on a website fixed. So you can only imagine the type of people I would have to deal yeah. with, like learning how to think on your feet and also being professional because people are calling that are mad about something that you didn't necessarily do, but you're representing that company and you have to learn how to, you know, professionally like tell them, you know, help them solve their problem and mm-hmm, also just mm-hmm. like kind of redirect the conversation if it goes in a, a, another way or if they're like, you know, starting off the phone and naturally they're angry or whatever. So yeah. I always recommend people like, it's nothing wrong with working a nine to five until you one, learn what you want to do. You can not, use yeah. that money too to invest in your dreams and not have that pressure of, okay, I got to figure out how to make money. Yeah. So I'm pro like get a job if you have to until you don't have to anymore so okay i feel like we live in like an era of like people see the glitz and glam on social media mm-hmm. of like oh she popping you know she yeah. doing this her business is booming but people don't speak on that nine to five side of things right. or like who where, where were you before that right. so what made you initially just take that jump from the nine to five route to full-on girl boss entrepreneur? girl it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> a plan i was kind of forced my um job when i moved to new york i was working at a job um, maybe like a year, year and a half, and then I got let go. I it wasn't planned, and I always had my business, so I knew it was something like I had in my heart. But I don't think at the time I was necessarily. I don't honestly, I don't think I would have ever made that jump. Like I was fine with like managing my clients and mm-hmm. working my nine to five, even though I hated my job. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't planned, and I kind of like experimented with like I had a. I was I had two phases of where like I like took the leap per se. So the first phase was. 2000, I think, I want to say August 2017. That's when mm-hmm. I fr- got let go from my first job that I had moving to New York. And um, I toyed with entrepreneurship, like not having a stress because I had severance, I had unemployment, all okay. that good stuff. Okay. And then I was just like, you know, doing a lot of like little in between stuff, like to manage. Like to me, it was more so important of me being able to manage my time. So I would do a lot of gig and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like I would do like the brand ambassador job so I would go like on a brand ambassador uh, site on Facebook a group page and I would like get jobs literally passing out flyers I would make like two hundred dollars for the day oh my like God. yeah I was that's never, hustle yeah that, that's hustle. I was never above like not at least trying something now some stuff ain't for everybody like mm-hmm. I try to do like the whole like Uber Eats thing you gotta know your lane yeah you gotta know I try to walk it wasn't working <laughs> I'm like I ain't got no bike I ain't got no car this yeah. ain't working 
Um, what else did I do? In between time, too, like, one of my friends from high school, so she ended up moving up here, too, and she um, works in TV production. Okay. She knew that I had, like, a, a flair or a good eye for, like, I love to shop, and then I like style and stuff. So she would hire me to, like, pick, like, sourcing for her for different productions, like, they would do. And then I would do, like, little makeup touches and stuff. And I dabbled in that, and I would get paid, like, a decent amount for the day because you get, like, a day rate. So mm -hmm. I would always do all kinds of stuff in between the, of course, like, trying to build up my clientele, too, so that I can sustain myself. So that iteration of, like, my first week, that's what I was doing. And then I ended up, because I was like, I'm not applying to no more jobs, but I was, like, <laughs> at temp agency. Yeah. So God is so funny because you'll be like, okay, I'm not finding no guy, no jobs guy. I ain't doing this. Blah, blah. <laughs> and he was just like, okay, you don't want to apply to that? And I'm going to give you a job then. Mm -hmm. So I um, I was at this temp agency and I did like a little project with them. That only lasted like two months, whatever. And I was like, I literally found out. That's the only thing with temp agencies. Like they let you go whenever. It yeah. don't matter. Like if you've been working there a year, it don't matter if you've been working there two days, two months, whatever. They don't care. They call their recruiter and they'll get them to call you and be like, you're not working there the next day. So that's kind of what happened to me. Like, I think right before, yeah, this was 2018. So then one of my friends that I had met through an old client of mine um, in Philly, but he was always coming to New York. He was, a, he was like more so like a music manager mm -hmm. and artist development. So he was like, yo, I'm cool with this lady. Like, it's a real estate company, but it has like some PR elements. Mm hmm like, would you consider just doing it? And he, she gave me the job off the strength of me just being friends with him. Okay. And I worked there for, like, a couple months, and then it just ended. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm done just trying to, like, work. And I think, too, that job also was very stressful for me. Like, it was bad, like, to the point where, like, I was having, like, chest pains. Like, one day I had to, like, go to urgent care because I was just, like, internalizing Whoa. the stress. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot. It was I was internalizing the stress of being there. But I was like, you know, I'm working this job. I'm making good money. I'm getting paid every week. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to try to stick it out. Like, why not? Like, okay, yeah. And then at that time, I would, didn't have a ton of clients. Like, I was still, like, I was still always maintain like, one or two. Obviously, because I'm working. I can't only, I can't keep that many yeah. while I'm working. But, yeah, like, that happened in May, like, right before Labor Day. Oh, wow. Well, no, Memorial Day. Excuse me. And I was like, okay, I'm not applying to nothing no more. Okay. And then since then, I just been. You took off from there. Yep. Just been taken off. So, so. tell me that. I want to go back to, like, when you got laid off. Tell know, me about those, those, those pain <laughs> points. Because. <laughs> I want to know, what was the biz biggest obstacle for you during that, that time oh, of your life? I feel like in a lot of women of color struggle with this. So I'm doing digital marketing. I'm doing something very specific. I, I was doing search engine marketing. Okay. Um, I was working on a big account. So my client at the time was like a really big like tech company. So, and I think it was just a stress. Like I was the only person of color on my team. I was the only woman of color. And it was just a lot of stress in terms of like adapting to that. Like, one, like, trying to find and hold my place, like, within the team. Mm -hmm. And then, like, really coming from a job where it's, like, I want to equate it to, like, the you know how, like, when they do in college, they be like, oh, you, like, high school, you didn't really go to high school. You went to, like, the 13th grade. Like, yeah. it was kind of like yeah. that. And then <laughs> going into this other company that's, like, they really do this for real. Like, they are nerds about it. Yeah. I wasn't that passionate about it. I just knew how to do my job. It wasn't, like something that I loved doing. And I think after a while, because one, I didn't really care for my management. I didn't care for the people on my team. And then come out in that with like, I didn't have a passion for it. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, I was just there to do my job yeah. and then leave. It was just a, a struggle. That yeah. wasn't the end goal. No. What no. advice do you have to like, 
girl bosses, future girl bosses that are in situations like that now. Like, mm-hmm. they're not happy. They're like, I got to get the hell out of here. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm doing what I got to do. What advice do you have for them to get to their goals of being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, if you, like, have in your heart to be an entrepreneur, like, come up with a plan. Like, I don't recommend people just, like, quitting their job and leaving. Like, I don't recommend that because I feel like it creates a lot of unnecessary stress. If it's maybe, okay, like, how do I get into another role or a position in the company where I at least can be okay and mm-hmm. content with it and I'm learning something that's going to apply to my business or it's like, or if you can't stay at all, okay, let's come up with a, a plan. Okay, mm-hmm. what am I? What I need to save? What am I willing to do? Because I did a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do because I wasn't working. And I think that's what where a lot of people get messed up. Where they're like, okay, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna be doing what I want to do. But sometimes you might get my, the money from your business might not be coming in the way yeah. you want it to. Mm-hmm. So you gonna have to find something else to do to supplement that. Yeah. So I think that's just the advice. Like honestly, like just have a plan. Have a plan. Like, bottom line, like please don't just jump off it, off the cliff and leave <laughs> unless you got like a somebody that can help finance you. Yeah. yeah, but don't do that because it's going to create unnecessary stress. stress. Yeah. I think my biggest problem was like I wasted time. Mm-hmm. I was doing things I didn't want to do right. when I should have been connecting the dots of like yeah. networking. Tell me about networking. Like how big is networking in your career now and how big was it beforehand oh my it's so essential like even like i said like with the the um the last like project that i had like i was a gig it was like a temp job i got that off the strength of like one of my friends that i have met through like one of my clients and because of his relationship with the person that was hiring like i literally met her for like drinks and like i didn't even feel like i was on an interview or anything Mm -hmm. and then the next day like once i i had met her like a month before and then I was like you know like I'm still like temping around blah 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 and then when I had um got let go from the other temp job that project ended I emailed her and was like hey like I'm you know in the market she was like oh can you come in tomorrow so like relationships are so essential even just from a day-to-day with like running my company I always have to work with journalists Mm -hmm. I have to work with other PR people I have to like network with the client because that's how like you build that relationship Mm -hmm. so I can't do anything that I'm able to do now without the building a relationship with someone else. Yeah, so it's extremely important. Okay. And how do you make your mark as that publicist? Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's a bunch of people doing PR, yeah. a bunch of publicists. Um, how do you make your mark? Like, how do you make people come to you? Like, what is your it thing where people are like, I got to go to Deja. Yeah. Like, I need her. I need her on <laughs> I'm the big team. on social media, I think. And this is what people have told me. I'm big on social media. Like, I don't have a huge following, but I'm very, like, personable and people feel like they know me before they even like start that process of like, dang, I want to reach out to her. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times those like they'll be I've had people like not watch, but like they'll see my stories, they'll see what I'm posting. And then also I I do do a little bit of like the email marketing piece too. Okay. So that that helps. Like I try to create stuff that I know my client my potential clients would find helpful. Mm-hmm. And then from there it kind of like warms them up. Like I think with anything, especially, like, service-based, like, you got to warm people up to you before you can just be like, oh, like, can you... Because it's a cold world. Like, yeah. yeah. And then you can't expect people to be spending, like, monthly retainers and stuff on you off of just one thing. You got to come from a referral Mm -hmm. or they got to feel like they know you or they got to see what you can do. Like, bottom line, so... (laughs) That's kind of like what I do. I just be myself. That's like, a fact. Okay. It's gonna be plenty of people that do the same thing, like which is fine. But people like my angel always says people will never forget how you made them feel. So mm-hmm. I'm just big on building relationships with people. So. Okay. 
right, cool. I get that vibe to you, very genuine. And and speaking of like making your mark and being you, you have like a couple of press hits from some big companies, Mm -hmm. such as the Fast Company, BuzzFeed, um, HuffPost, Blavity, and so much more. How did you get your foot in the door with those press hits? Some okay, so I would say like the mo- the one that took me the longest to get would be Fast Company, okay. and I knew the writer like in terms like around for a while, like virtually, like I never no I did meet her one in person. So she did used to live in New York, and she used to like that's the thing like journalists will always write for multiple sites and they're always moving. So I always tell people like just build a relationship with that person anyway. You never know mm-hmm. like whether you might need to pitch them or even if you don't, you still got that relationship. But like. With her, like, I had been going to her events, and then it just made sense, like, the story that I had at the time. Like, I'm very big on, like, making sure the story makes sense. Like, even if I have a contact, I'm not going to pitch that that writer if it doesn't make sense. or mm-hmm. Because you can, yeah, she writes for Fast Company, but she has a specific niche. So, she focuses on, like, diversity okay. within entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the time, I was working with a client that was, um, he did housing or something like that. And he was very big on, like... He had a book on entrepreneurship and uh, showing that um, having a house or doing real estate or having real estate added to your business will help you become wealthy. So that was kind of like what the pitch was like. And then also I included some stats in terms of like why like millennials are not like buying houses and stuff. And it was just very interesting to her. Mm -hmm. And that's how that went about. But I had known her for maybe like a year or two prior to that. And I never like. I think I pitched her, like, one thing. And sometimes pitches don't get accepted. Okay. And it could be because, like, there's another person that has to approve it so she can't write about it. Or it could be that she just wasn't interested. But, you know, you just got to keep that, you know, be diligent. And, you know, try again. Shoot, Mm -hmm. it didn't work out. This time it did. So I would say, like, that one took me the longest to secure. But the foundation of them all have been relationships. Like I knew somebody, like mm-hmm. I use a lot of different like Facebook groups to connect with journalists, um, okay. Instagram, like I'll go on LinkedIn to find people. Mm-hmm. And I just try to connect with them and try to build a rapport before I just like try to pitch them. Throw it at them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Definitely get it. So would you ever have clients like a, a Chris Brown? Or oh. like, uh, who else can I, like a future? <laughs> you know, like the difficult clients. Would you uh, ever do something in that, that aroma thing? About Chris Brown. It would have to be... Oh, it would have to be like something specific. Like I would do an event that had Chris Brown like coming or something like that. Okay. I don't know if I would want to be Chris Brown's personal publicist to be honest, because he always <laughs> firing them and stuff. Like he told, I know he don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. And it and um and what you said, future. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how future is though. Like mm-hmm. per business wise, because we always hear him just. I hear about his dating hair stuff. Say stuff. Yeah, 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 like yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's very calculated, so I think he might. He might be. I would probably, if I had to pick one, I would probably do PR for Future over Chris Brown. Over Chris Brown. Because I feel like Chris Brown just don't listen. I feel like Chris Brown keep your job going. He's <gasps> he interesting. <laughs> I mean, Future interesting too, even with the dating the stuff dating and his stuff. personal life. Oh my goodness. So. How do you feel dating as a girl boss? Being your own boss? Is it easier dating no. as an entrepreneur? Is it harder? Like- no, because I feel like as a woman and as an entrepreneur, I'm basically creating my reality on a daily basis. So I'm used to t- having an idea or thought or something little and turn it into something. Mm-hmm. So when you are used to creating the things that you want and manifesting the things that you want, mm-hmm. when you're dating somebody that doesn't want to give you that, 
it's kind of like you're very quick to be like, I'm not dealing with this. Like, yeah. I didn't came from this. I didn't have uh-huh. this. I didn't did this. I didn't have this, and I made it into something. And then when somebody try to come at you with something less than you, just like I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, you know like, your worth. Yeah, you know it. so it makes it harder. And I think as you like the older you get, the harder it is too. Like mm-hmm. I'm in my late twenties, so it's just like I'm not dealing with this. Same. Yeah. <laughs> you have way more cutthroat than you was when you was like 20, yes. 21. Way more cutthroat. Yes. But it gets lonely. So are you open to no, like? No, I date, girl. I are date. you dating? Like, I date. I are you going on dates? Are you going to the restaurant? I be going on dates. Okay. I mean, I'm out of my friends. I would say I'm the person that actually like is active. And you dating. out here? You yeah, out I be here. out here. Like okay. I be having hot girl summer, all that fly girl fall, whatever you want to call it. I feel you. I, <laughs> I feel you on that one. Don't stop so you get the way you want. Right. I gotta, you know, I gotta, I'm testing them. Auditions. How important is, is it for testing? Because we spoke about Future and, you right. know, um, he's currently hooked up with Lori Harvey. Yes, I love her. I I'm love so her too. Her. I feel like yeah. you don't know what that girl's doing on her personal yeah, time. Just because you're dating don't mean you opening yeah. your legs. How do you feel about women exploring and dating their options? I think options? they should. I think we have a lot more power than what we think we do. Mm-hmm. And I think I learned a lot more about that like, towards, like, 25 and up, then I was like, okay, like, oh, I, I do got a lot more power. Yeah. Like, I have a power to do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in dating, I and I control a lot of stuff, but you got to, like, I started, like, researching more, and then I met one of my friends, this is before I left Philly, like, she's a dating coach, so I was, like, taking some of her classes. I was like, oh, okay, I'm on this out <laughs> now. I'm dangerous now. Y'all better watch out. So, I, yeah, I love it. I think women should be, um, yeah. take control of dating. Like, I have so many friends that, you know, they, they get tired of dating. But it's a game. Like, mm-hmm. I hate to say, dating is a game. Yeah. So, like, sometimes you got to sit out for a second, but mm-hmm. get right back in. Like, I, I love it. I think women should, like, explore, more, explore be more open in their dating. Mm-hmm. If it don't work, okay, he can go. Yeah. You can swap him out with somebody else. Switch so, him out. Yeah. Yep. I feel like the world kind of, con- like, confines women into, like, this box where yeah. women kind of fall into that mindset of, like, Guys can do this, or guys mm-hmm. can date her women, women yeah. and we can't. Yeah, you know, I feel like go out on a date or two, explore what you want. We right. get locked into like one relationship. Like I like him, and you just yeah conceal yourself. I used to be like that. At, well, I don't know. I always kind of like had a desire. Like when I'm in a relationship, though, I'm really loyal. Yeah, like uh-huh. I think it's levels. Yeah. Like I feel yeah. like like I always say, single me and relationship me is two different people. Right, you're not gonna get the same person. Nope. <laughs> if you want me exclusive, do what you gotta do to get me there. Yeah, but it's two different people mm-hmm. it's definitely two different people but i think like from past generations like we stuck in like a certain style mm-hmm. of what we think women should be but i love like the cardi b's i love the Lori yeah, Harvey's. they're all valuable i love the women yeah. that like you know stand in their lane and don't let anyone change them yeah so. and they're talking about real style like mm-hmm. some people you know are not as vocal but i love that women like cardi b like shoot even the city girls and stuff oh. megan the stallion they just tell them the truth yep. like mm-hmm. they're telling the truth that you know it's happening it's mm-hmm. just no one's been like recording it or keeping record of it yeah so now we have music that is reflective of what it really it is, is. So it, i feel all. like it's okay for women to make that statement now like mm-hmm. we're here we can do that if we want to use you for a meal we can do that <laughs> we're not less of a female we can do that right. like so i i definitely agree um i spoke on style and mm-hmm. i see your shirt says oh, yeah. publicist never go out of style yes. how important is a publicist in someone's career in someone's business like why do you guys matter it matters, especially when you are trying to get your story told. Like, I always tell people, even if you don't hire me as a publicist, you still need to be at least connected with, like, local media, journalists, bloggers to get your story out there. It's so important that you control the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of paying, like, yeah, you can pay for advertising. Really, I recommend, like, all of that. So, like, 
you should ha have a budget for advertising. You shouldn't have a budget for PR because PR is like credibility and people vouching for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's very important too. And other things outside of like, of course, publishers are known for like pitching to pro to journalists so that you can get somebody to write about them. But also like you need help with like your your brand identity, like not from a graphic, a visual perspective, but just like telling your story, like mm -hmm. who are you attracting? Like what are you putting on your website to let people know like this is the, the product or service or whatever for me. So it's so important in that because if you don't tell your story, then somebody else is going to tell it. That's mm -hmm. what I always tell people. So, Dope, dope. And what about you that keeps you in style? Like what makes you... Mm -hmm have a mark in oh, like that's a good the, question. The, the PR game. So I'm always, I'm never above learning, um, not learning something, you know, like I feel like you always have to keep, like keep your, keep your, um, what's the best way to say it? Like you need to stay ahead of the curve. So like reading different publications, reading about the industry trends, reading about branding and marketing trends and really like because PR is, and it's been this way for a few years, but it's, things are combining. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's important to know like what makes a good story. You should know about content creation. I know some PR people like they actually do social media. So like I will help with like the content strategy part of it. I just don't do the posting, but okay. like those are all things, elements are things that you all need. So like to stay in style to me, it's just to be knowledgeable, making sure you're always learning. Like I'm very big on investing in myself. So like I hire coaches, I'll do consulting from other people just to make sure that I'm showing up the best way that I can to um, better serve my clients. So mm -hmm. I think, like, if you ever get to a point where you feel like you can't learn nothing from somebody else, then I think that's a problem. A problem. So, yeah. Definitely. All right. And I also, like, I, I spent a lot of years confused about PR mm -hmm. publishing. That's what normal. do you guys exactly do? Like, <laughs> what do we call a publicist for? So if you want to get press, mm -hmm. so that's the most popular reason. Um, I, it's a ton of different things, but I always tell people, are you looking for press? Especially like, for example, you got to have something going on. Mm -hmm. Like, so good examples of having something going on. You're coming to market with a new product. You're launching a podcast. Maybe you want to have a podcast party uh -huh. and you want to invite people to well, come. Like, I need to yeah. use your services. Well, we going to talk. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of event PR too. Okay. So, yeah. Um, some other things that I do for my clients, like one of my clients is the NAACP. Okay. And we have an initiative called Her Idea. Okay. And um, we pretty much, they hire us to do event PR. So we, not finding the venue, but more so picking the the panelists for the conference. Okay. Um, helping with marketing, helping to get press to cover it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll help with gift bags, things okay. like that. So, yeah, like... We do a lot of different things, but it's all about communication. It's mm -hmm. all about getting the word out. It's about connecting with the right people. Okay. But you got to have something going on, like, newsworthy. That's what I always tell people because just because, like, say, for in instance, with the entertainment example. Yep. Just because you're a rapper does not mean you need a publicist. If you are you haven't released nothing Do in like rappers a year. need publicists? Do you feel like anyone in entertainment needs a publicist? I think to a certain level. Like, once you get past a certain point. I feel like indie artists, they need branding more so because entertainment is already a saturated market and you need to brand yourself you need to make sure you know what makes yourself stand out okay. now once we get past that and you're at the level where say like you're like getting signed or <laughs> what have you like say you're a Chris Brown or a future they need help more so with the reputation management okay because then you see like all that stuff like you know you want to do damage control because they got 
you know, this blog talking about them and this blog talking about them and things like that. I mean, even like Beyonce, she got a publicist. She's mm-hmm. had her same publicist since 18. Beyonce is loyal. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really look up to Beyonce's publicist too. How you fu- feel about the, um, not to go off topic, yeah. the Ivy Park and the Adidas collection? How you felt about that? Did you take a look at it? I did look at it. I'm not, I, I don't want people to hate on me. I just didn't like it. No? No. But I, <laughs> I like Beyonce though. Okay. I, like to me, like personally, like, it's all right, but I feel like it's the hype because it's Beyonce. And I get it. I'm going to support her because she's a black woman. But personally, like, it wasn't nothing to me that jumped out. I, what I, some things I didn't like from my personal feedback, I didn't like that they didn't have, like, make it all size inclusive. Okay. And I know a lot of women, like, plus size women, I'm not plus size, but I know a lot of plus size women did, felt like, okay, y'all only went to 1X. Yeah. Like yeah. when the old Ivy Park went up to like three, four X. Do you think that was an Adidas thing? That I dinner? think it was an Adidas thing. But okay. like that's why you got to be mindful, and that's another thing too to keep in mind with PR too is like the um, strategic partnerships and stuff. Like you got to make sure that when you do partner with another brand that it's in alignment with your audience and stuff. And a lot of her fans are plus size, so mm-hmm. I just don't think you want to like alienate someone like that. So. Yeah. Does it cost more money to expand? I wonder. Like I don't what? Because I, I know a lot of brands that don't tap into like the plus size yeah. ladies, and I, I just wonder why. Like, mm-hmm. Was Probably. from a PR standpoint, do you? Think? I don't know about the sizing thing, but I think like that was a definitely like an area of missed opportunity. Okay. Yeah, because then like they did send it to Ashley Graham, but she's mm-hmm. not really considered plus size. Like I was, she's not. Yeah, that's what a lot of people yeah were posting about. Like she's really not that big. She's only like a eight ten. So, like, that's not really plus size. <laughs> so, that's yeah. true. What can we do, though? We got to expand moving forward. Yeah. We got to expand. Um, what do you feel about, is all publicity good publicity for people? Especially in entertainment? Like, doing wild shit. Is is that? No, good? I don't think so. I don't think all, good, all publicity is good publicity. Because especially, like, depending on who your audience is, like, I feel like you never want to, like, offend your core, like, fan base. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's, like, PR one-on-one, like, you always want to make sure you're doing stuff that, like, aligns with who you're targeting. Okay. So, like, if you do something that's offensive to them, that's, like, I'm trying to think of an example where, like, a fan, like, even, like, with the whole Kevin Hart, I was watching, I've been catching up on the Kevin Hart um, Netflix series, mm-hmm. and, like, the whole situation where he was saying, like, stuff, like, and mind you, this was, like, years ago with, like, the, like, his gay, like, gay people, he had made a comment regarding gay I people. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and they were, like. And the funny thing was, his publicist was like, you should apologize again. He was like, no, I'm not apologizing no more. Mm-hmm. He didn't listen either, so I wouldn't work with him either. But <laughs> <laughs> but don't the tough clients get you the most money? They do. And, <laughs> like, my, not saying my client for the NAACP is, she's, they're not tough. It's just a lot of work. So, okay. of course, like, you get paid more. Yeah. But I feel like this, like, it's only a certain point, like, where I'm not going to accept you not following my counsel mm-hmm. so like prime example like like a couple years ago like drake's pr company let him go because he wasn't i guess doing see i didn't know that him. i didn't know y'all be firing people too yeah. I they just fired y'all oh so. yeah i've had okay. a client before i i don't like i'm not proud about it but mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've had to yeah okay yeah you gotta listen like why are you paying somebody and wasting their time and effort if you like you're just you're going against the grain for no reason. Like, yeah. listen. Do you think PR is a little fake? Like you kind of like dressing up your clients to do it is a facade sometimes. Something yeah. that they're not or what they don't believe uh, in. Because like Kevin Hart said, he's like, I'm not apologizing. But you have some celebrities that's like, I apologize just because it makes mm. me look good. So you think PR is a little 
dressy uppy, like dress it up, make it real for me. Like, I mean, some things are, I would say, are staged. I think it's situational. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just, de- I mean, I think it just depends because I feel like if it's a situation where you're offending an audience and you know it's going to cause you, like, your career, things like that, then mm-hmm. you need to apologize. And I mean, that's in real life. Like, you might have to apologize at work for something that you didn't necessarily, you might have felt strongly against it, but mm-hmm. you still had to do it to... To keep your job. Yeah, so. to save face. Mm-hmm. Like, because some, some things can cost you millions of dollars. That's just even like what, I want to say his name is Antonio Brown. Okay. He's a football player, and I was seeing and watching in the news, and he, him and his, like, child's mother, they had a dispute, and all he had to do was keep quiet until Tuesday, and he mm-hmm. would have signed, like, a new contract, I believe. Yeah. And he couldn't do that. So now that they don't want to sign him, yeah. like, he's a football player, like, millions of dollars, like... Yeah. So it's just like you got. Sometimes you got to save face to save your money. To save your money, yeah. And I, I get it because it's hard. Be like, regardless of, I, I feel like people look at celebrities like Kylie Jenner, for yeah. example. Um, even Tyrese had like an incident mm-hmm. when he was going through like his baby mother yep. issues. They're human, right. and it's like we have them points. I'd have been arguing with an ex, and I'm like, fuck this, and yeah. I never went to social media. I'm a person. I keep my things yeah, on social media, but it's some celebrities that. They vent. They go crazy. So it, it's hard. Oh, yeah. They it's, need to not manage their social media. It's hard, yeah. So many do times. you manage social medias as well? I So when I used to do more a lot of entertainment stuff, I would have access to my client's social media stuff. But luckily, I never had a client, like, that would, like, just kind of have, like, diarrhea in the mouth okay. on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. So. And we mentioned that you're managing, like, you know, lifestyle brands, women of color. Mm-hmm. Are you looking to take on any more, like, rapper clients? Any Ooh, more? Show. Um, just like maybe male clients. I'm not like, opposed to male clients, and sometimes I do work with men. Mm-hmm. Entertainment, I got it. Depends on what it is. I'm never okay. gonna say never again. But like, I feel like some of my crazy stories have been with like my entertainment clients. So yeah. I'm like, Ooh. what's the bad side about entertainment? Is it like it keeps going 24 seven? Yeah, it's, it can be exhausting sometimes. Have you worked with celebrity clients before? I have. Yep, I've done some stuff. Like not necessarily like in the terms of like they've been my client, but. So, like, the network of PR, like, working with different publicists and stuff, sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I would fill in for clients. Like, when the Grammys was here in New York, okay. I um, filled in for one of my clients. I mean, not one of my clients, excuse me, one of my friends that did PR, and her client at the time was Elle Varner. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would take her, like, to, I took her to a, a, an event. Um, I worked, like, the Def Jam party, so it was, okay. like, all kinds of people, like, walking around, because it was, like, a Def Jam, like, Grammys party. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your next step with your company? Like, what do you where do you see things going five years from now? Where mm-hmm. do you see things going in twenty twenty? Me and now we just got started. What's your next steps? I'm really big. So this year, I really want to just focus on like the like community connection. So I do want to do like I have this series I used to do on Instagram called PR and Prosecco because I love brunch. Like anybody knows me knows I'm me a big and my brunch. My just came from brunch. That's oh, all yeah. we do. Yeah, I'm a brunch <laughs> girl. Okay. So like I would do this segment where I would have my 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 champagne uh-huh. and I would just answer like PR questions and talk about whatever was going on in the news and stuff. So I want to bring that to like an actual like like in person format. Like I want to go to like different brunch spots, like not only New York but like across the country and yeah. just like I just want to connect with people in person. Um, another thing I want to do is like I want to do like more classes and stuff. Like I'm big on education, so like, I want to do like stuff where people like who are not necessarily like ready to hire policies but just want to learn about like PR and learn how to do some things for themselves. Okay. So that's like some of the things I'm working on for 2020. And speaking of learning, um, are you like interested in interns, girl bosses that are like, I'm ready to quit my nine to five and learn some new things? Are you interested in that? Yeah, of course. Yes. I always have interns. I always mentor people when I can. 
So, yeah, I'm open to all of that. And if someone was interested, like, listening to this podcast to intern for you or just get a few minutes of your time, how would they do that? They can, you can just find me on Instagram. So, at I am Deja Monet. And I, you can put it in, like, I guess the description mm-hmm. or whatever. But I am Deja Monet. Y'all can DM me, like, and we can go from there. So. And what do you want the world to know about publicists? Anyone listening to this, what do you want them to take away from this about who you are as a publicist and publicist in general? I feel like what I want people to take away is that, you know, we're here to help you tell your story. We want to help position you. Well, I want to help position you in the best light possible. Publicists are never going out of style, like my shirt says. (laughs) And, yeah, that's it. If you're, you know, you're interested in just getting your story out there and defining, like, what your story is and reach out to me so and when you give them the good also what's like a big obstacle about being a publicist what do they need to be prepared for what they need oh i talk about this all the time like you have to have something going on i can't create something out of nothing like whether that's you're launching something you're having like an event something has to be happening for me to reach out the press to say oh they're doing this um, also, like, pictures, headshots are always helpful. Okay. Like, have your website together. Like, I should be able to go through your website and see what it is that you do and offer. Because these are all things that journalists are looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. And then just to have a desire to be open to it. Because if you're not a person that's, like, into, like, being in front of the camera, then it can be a little, like, nerve-wracking to, like, interview. Like, you get nervous and stuff like that. So... Just be open. Um, I do, like, media training, too, so I always try to, like, prepare the client. I never throw out a client like that and where they haven't been able to prepare themselves to speak to somebody mm-hmm. about themselves. So that's what I would say. And aside from, like, clients and interns, anyone that wanted to, like, just reach out to you, new business, mm-hmm. how would they go about doing that? Yeah, they can um, reach out to me um, on Instagram, too. So that's fine. That's I have fine. an email, but just reach out to me on Instagram. It's easier. And I'm going to drop your, your email yeah, in this you little description too. as yep. well. <laughs> and my takeaway from this interview is that you have to turn nothing into something. Mm-hmm. You know, you have yeah. to take your your obstacles and make them into, like, success. Right. And I think a lot of girl bosses, they don't see that. I feel like in this generation, which is why I do this podcast, they don't see the struggle. Yeah. And they always see the glitz and glam. So I like to sit down and talk to the girl bosses from, like, PR, publicists, to even, like, women still doing nine to fives, mm-hmm. lawyers, yep. and so forth, to see the struggle. Like, you know, you got laid off. Yep. And, you know, someone looking at you now, like, laid off. What? She owns her own business. So yeah. I appreciated that that message. Thank so. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sitting down with me, Deja. Tell them where they can find you one more time. You're Facebook, welcome. Instagram, Just all your social media. Just find me on Instagram, y'all. It's I am Deja Monet. So I A M D E J A M O N E E, and that's on Twitter too. So I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, what you like about Instagram or Twitter? I've been liking Twitter lately because <laughs> I love Black Twitter, and I'm like, I will look at the comments. I'll be like watching what people say. It's so funny. Like I, I love both though. I love both because I like Instagram because you can see what somebody's doing. You kind of see the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but I like. Twitter for the intellectual conversations. And I think it's a great marketing tool. There's so many people that I've seen that have, like, blown up off of Twitter, too. So I love it. I love both of them. I can't people tell it. me I got to get more into Twitter. You I'm a person. I feel like I don't like to give too much of myself, but then I'm, I'm out there as well. But mm-hmm. I love Facebook. I could drop something and leave it there. Yeah. I feel like Instagram, Twitter, you got to constantly be active. But, you know, you can link your Instagram and Twitter together. So, like, when I post a picture on my Instagram, you can have it set up where it'll go to your Twitter and so it's like kind of like killing two birds with one stone. So okay. you're not trying to do both. Because Twitter is a lot to like maintain. Twitter I feel is like. a lot. Yeah, cause it's you, constant. Yeah, your tweets only last like, I think the lifespan of a tweet is like 18 seconds. So mm-hmm. you post it, it's gone. So you got to keep like engaging with people. So 
And one more thing I want to ask you, talking mm-hmm. about Twitter. Yeah. How do you feel about Meek Mill and his tweets? You know. <laughs> he's funny. Ooh, my bad, y'all. Um, he's funny. Um, I like him. I like him on Twitter. I just hate sometimes, like, and this is just a pet peeve in general. Like, I hate when stuff's, like, just want to delete their accounts and mm-hmm. stuff because stuff is blowing up. Would you do a PR for Meek Mill? I would. I like me. And I like this I like his story. I love his story. I love the documentary that he did. I love that he's making an effort with the um the group for reform, like prison reform. I love all Definitely. the stuff he did. And his story of nothing or something. Like I can always respect somebody that's like he was in jail like a few times and came back out. Like I, I want him to win. I like people that are the underdog. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a Meek Mill fan. No, not because only I'm from Philly. And you from I'm Philly. I was about to say, you from Philly. <laughs> so I shouldn't have asked you that. <laughs> no, I like that story. But even, like, I'm trying to think. Like, another person that's not, like, from Philly. Who? I like Roddy Rich too. Okay, yeah, I like him. I like him. I, I just tuned into him. He's so, so smart. Like, I, I was watching his interview with the Ripple Stuff. And one of my friends um, put me on him too. But, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, smart man. Like, I just like people that are trying to do something, mm-hmm. like, bigger than them. It's not just about you. I feel like, especially as an entrepreneur, if you're in business, you're not in, only in business for yourself. Like, your business is supposed to impact your community, maybe can impact the world, like, society. Like, you got to think bigger picture. Okay. So. And I think that's the beauty of it. If you guys want her to turn your nothing into something, from rapping yes. to businesses <laughs> to lifestyle things going on, hit her up. You have her Instagram. I'm going to post her email as well. Deja, thank you for kicking it with me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for it's, having me. It's your girl, Miss Carla M. Catch y'all next week episode. I don't know, but we doing this. We out here for 2020. <laughs> Later, y'all.